1: Please be advised, there's several curses in this episode. It's July, it's hot, and we're in desperate need of some football action. Thank you, and enjoy the show.
2: You're listening to BGN Radio. Darren Sproles,
1: gone! Touchdown, Eagles! Why you would punt the ball to Darren Sproles in the middle of the field, I have no idea.
2: Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.
0: What's going on, Leading Green
1: Nation? We have made it to episode number 101. Uh, we, so I don't think... Um, Anybody in the NFL or really in any professional sport uh, has the number 101. But if anybody's got a good suggestion out there, I'm all ears. But welcome to the program as we are sitting hot and pretty right here in the middle of the NFL dead zone. But we do have some Eagles news, some NFC East related news, more or less. Dallas Cowboys are going to be talking about uh, Des Bryant. And I know the blog and the boys get really upset when we talk about the Cowboys for some reason on the site, you know, because nothing else could be. Possibly newsworthy at this point, but uh, with that being said, I'd like to welcome the crew back. Our editor-in-chief from BleedingGreenNation.com, Mr. Brandon Lee Galton. What's happening, pal? Hey. Uh, Matt Daring from our Eagles. What's up, buddy? Pass. (laughs) Uh, Lead draft writer, Mr. Ben Natan. What's happening, buddy? How are you?
0: I just ate four Pop-Tarts, and I'm doing very well. Did you put butter on them? (laughs) No, I have thought about it. <laughs> uh,
1: well, you know, ev- everybody fattening up for July and uh, uh we'll get to we'll get to the main news right away is that Des Bryant finally got a long-term contract with the Cowboys. Well, whoop but he freaking do. Uh so here's uh here's what I don't understand BLG. And we knew this doesn't change anything. It uh, it's, it's Des Bryant was playing for the Cowboys no matter what and I feel like a lot of Cowboys fans are kind of making this out to be a really a lot bigger deal than it is. I mean, it's not like he wasn't going to play this year, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, there was there was no way he was really going to hold out. There was there was no point in him holding out. Uh, it never happens. We've never seen anyone, I think, with the franchise hold out. Really, I think some the stat was like something of like like two of the last like over fifty or something. It's like some kind of crazy number like that. So it wasn't going to happen. Uh, this, this is pretty expected. I think the only thing thing, I think the main thing Cowboys fans are excited about is it's a pretty fair deal when you compare it to Calvin Johnson, because I think Calvin Johnson is easily, uh, or Dez is, is probably, you could argue Dez is better and at least their numbers are very similar. So for Dez to be making less than Calvin, you know, on the an annual value, at least I think that's a pretty fair deal.
1: You know, whose numbers are also really close Demarius Thomas and uh, you know, Dez Bryant, NFL PA. Go ahead. Keep going. Uh, but, yeah, Matt, any uh, any reaction to the Des Bryant uh, long-term deal? I
4: thought the guaranteed money was pretty high. That's always been sort of Jerry's, you know, uh, M.O.'s. He's just sort of been, uh, I don't know if you want to call it, kicking the can or whatever. It just seems more like he just likes to run no, up a big credit card. Playing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> kicking that old can. Land um, the
1: plane, Jerry!
4: <laughs> but but uh, I think that... Um, It's more just like racking up a big credit card bill or something. So, so Dez is, you know, it was really hard to cut if for whatever reason he implodes, if he gets hurt, whatever, whatever, whatever. Tape comes out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, But you, you cut him a big check. And, and essentially, uh, although if the tape did come out and he went to jail, I think you'd have a decent case like with Michael Vick. But, um, uh, basically every year early, they have a $4 million per year early termination fee. That's basically how it works. It's a five year deal, 20 million signing bonus. So that's, uh, four per year, some quick math for you. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's non-trivial. That's a, that's a quite a large amount of money. Um, when you, when you're talking about this, so that so it basically locks them in for, you know, the first three years, if they cut them after three years, it's still $8 million deal to $8 million hit, maybe probably not worth it. So you're talking about this is at least a four year deal for, I think close to $60 million. So that's still it's plenty of money. Um, but yeah, I think all in all, it was it was a little smaller than I expected. I mean, yeah. come on, Des, like come on, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, have,
4: I, have some self respect. But uh, yeah, seriously, I,
1: I I do think it was a little low as well. But um, you know, it's not like it's it's a good. I think it's a good contract for for both of those guys, and it's gonna suck to still go against them. And you know, Ben, any other uh, thoughts on the uh, on the Brian situation? Now,
0: uh, yeah, I thought. First look, it looked, it looked a little small, but the, uh, the guarantees are so high that I think that they're, I mean, they're going to end up paying at least $60 million for that deal. So it's, I mean, it's well-deserved. I, I don't really have a problem with it any, any other way. It's not like yeah. he was going to be playing elsewhere. So
1: yeah. And, um,
0: uh, it just, I wish he was,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, just also just checking in around the NFCs. Cause we've been off for a little bit and we've been uh, doing a lot of fantasy stuff, but, uh, a good friend, uh, JPP, made the headlines.
2: And
1: you know, BLG. I mean, this is kind of a it's kind of a a lot of a lot of people jumped on the 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 whole uh, getting on Adam Schefter's nuts about you know tweeting out that JPP is gonna have an amputated finger here and a you know, dangerous kind of situation for him. You kind of feel a little bit bad for him, but in this regard, it's you know this is his own kind of dumb fault here. Any uh, any different takes on uh, on
3: JPP situation? Well, he's he's in a really bad spot now. I mean, because you know he they had what like a sixty million dollar offer on the table, and you know now you have to imagine that's been pulled, and obviously he wasn't going to take that anyway. But still, I mean, this is really not good not a good situation for him. Uh, really not a good situation for him moving forward. I think it's it was funny that that one doctor on Twitter used to work for the Chargers said. Uh, about how like your your pointer finger is like your least important finger, but that yeah. that just seems ridiculous to me. Like you're gonna lose a finger, and I think Matt will be quick to back me up on that. You know, J- JPP isn't really that great of a pass rusher anyway over his over his career. I mean, you look at Brandon Graham, and Brandon Graham has had similar numbers in much less playing time. So I just wonder, like, how effective is he really going to be at this point in his career?
1: Hey, Matt, did you know that the Eagles could have drafted Earl Thomas over Brandon Graham?
3: Kills me every day.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had had a lot of fun this afternoon with that. uh, A couple of things. One, that Chargers doctor, what's the deal with him? Do you know why he used to be the Chargers doctor and now he isn't? Yeah, now I do. You do? Yeah, it's because he was unlicensed. Oh really? Oh no! I I thought there was a joke coming. No, I, I no, there's I, no joke. He got God, fired no because they, 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 there was like a big thing where everyone was like, oh they, um, uh, the the Spanoses are cheap, the spanum, spani, uh, they are cheap, and um, you know blah blah blah, and they couldn't even hire a doctor whose medical license is up to date. And what, that's true. I mean, this person uh, Chow Tony Tony Chow, I think he he's, he was no longer a you know, a licensed doctor while he was being the Chargers doctor. And now he's just on Twitter and people are like, let's go to the unlicensed doctor. Oh, yeah, well, this finger's not important. Thank you, doctor. Like, what the (laughs) fuck is, what what am I listening to here? Like, and and like the ESPN guys, like Kaplan and all that, they're just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, We go now to this disgraced doctor who got fired. Uh, Doc, take it away. (laughs) Well, here's a ranking of the fingers by importance. Number one, the thumb. Number two, the pinky. Like, what, you know, and I'm sitting here like, uh, is anybody going to say anything about, like, where the hell do you get off saying something this bizarre without <laughs> any explanation? And Kaplan's like, this is good stuff. You know, I don't know. It's 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 it's, it's beyond strange to me. a um, couple of things about JPP, though. One, what a dumbass. Yep. Number two, um, I'm really not looking forward to how many pictures we're going to have to see of it. Yeah, Number yeah. three. Uh, yeah like JPP first public appearance and they're gonna show his weird hand and uh, I'm not, I'm also not looking forward to how many times that during a the game they're gonna show it. Uh, so people out there uh, I think I have a couple of these standing but if you're listening to this and they show it in a game and they talk about it and they just zoom in real tight on his finger like his hand with like a creepy stuffed finger just sort of hanging there uh, in a glove um, tweet me. Uh, please, please just tweet me and, and, and let me know. Just like when they do Thunder and Lightning with Matthews and Mari, uh, please send me a tweet when they show his weird hand and talk about, oh, of course, the uh, accident. I have it over. the summer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Of course, as you know, JPP, with the reason why he has, you know, seven pounds worth of gauze around his hand. <laughs>
4: yeah. And I talked to him before. I asked him, Jason, what do you stuff that with? And he told me, oh, I stuff it with a sock.
1: and pain uh yeah it's just yeah i mean ben do you as a as a pass rusher and you know we can a lot of people probably go back and forth on jpp's effectiveness and obviously we're we're all not that humongous you know there's been a huge drop off when he uh, first came in here but you know even if he does have that big old boxing glove on on his hands do you think that affects him being able to rush the passer
0: I don't actually. I don't really think so. I think that his abilities at, like as a pass rusher and just like his abilities in general to disengage from blockers, uh, I mean, it doesn't really ne- necessitate having a pink uh, having a pointer finger. Um, you can still get your punch and you can still do swim and rip and everything like that without having uh, a pointer finger because you can still technically grip. But I, I can't imagine it's going to be you know any easier by any means, and it's probably going to hurt like hell for a while.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's um I don't know, it's it's always kind of fun to see how that situation plays out and I don't know, I, I I there was a lot of kind of different takes on 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 all all that stuff as far as like the you know, it was a HIPAA violation for you know, the endless arguments of that Fox outrage for that and I was wonder I was just asking the question I was just I don't I don't know what this is uh I don't know if it's on Schefter or you know whatever people going after him for decency and all that other stuff but in uh in some brighter news so we're not we're not all just, you know, in a in a cesspool of hate here it was pretty awesome to hear uh Jason Kelsey on WXPN just kind of rip his guitar open and uh and play some jams man i thought that was that was pretty cool let's see i, I didn't know the song that he covered but his, uh his original song which uh, you can go check out uh com cuz uh brandon posted that up on uh thursday morning here but uh yeah it was i thought that was i thought that was pretty cool blg uh, uh 1 to 10 would you buy his album
3: yeah absolutely would
1: so is that a, is that a
3: 10 uh yeah <laughs> 10 one to 10 ben uh
1: you buying the album
0: i'd buy all jason kelsey related things
1: matt you buying the album no but i'd buy the t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i i think i would too but in case you missed it um Here's a, just a quick taste of uh, Jason Kelsey on WXPN. The
4: road is always winding, and it feels like it goes on forever. On the way back home, think of the memories you cherished when you were young. On the way back home, feel like a giant when you step through the old back door. The inside feels familiar, but it just ain't. The same
1: as before people our homes never feel quite- all right so we uh you know we're we, just to just to take us back out of it this is another thing that's just been kind kind of ongoing and i noticed that we're really really in the midst of uh just trying to find anything to debate about and the and the newest hottest thing and it's coming out of like the pff camp and, and a lot of those stuff is we're trying to compare the pressure that Nick Foles faced versus the pressure that Sam Bradford faced and blah, 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 and they took the same amount and they're both bad under pressure. Can we just stop with with all this stuff? It literally just comes up every single year. Not even just with this, but just kind of with everything. I mean, are we really, is somebody really trying to argue that they both faced the same pressure and Nick Foles was better under it? Because we know that's not true.
4: Because- also, so it was actually not true. I I like uh oh, ESP man. I I told him so So Nick Foles um when he faced pressure his quarterback rating was like uh 50. And when Sam Bradford p- faced it, it was like 53. Those are both bad. Uh when Nick Foles did not face pressure it was like a 90 and when Sam Bradford faced did not face it it was like a 103. So Bradford was actually better in both situations, but the drop was larger. So oh, is this that what was the yeah this was the this was the point that they were making was that like Sam Bradford when he faced pressure his passer rating fell by forty eight but Nick Foles only fell by forty four never mind that the start and end were actually lower for Foles in both situations but this is like like so I said on Twitter I said um it's like uh, you know I bet Freddie Galvis's OPS drops by less when there's two strikes than Mike Trout's so <laughs>
0: yeah exactly exactly, you exactly.
4: Know,
1: that's because Freddie
4: Galvis's OPS is like three fifty and it goes down to three hundred two strikes and Mike Trout his OPS is like 1100 and it goes down to 800 so like that's a 300 versus 50 that's like way worse Mike Trout is way less clutch than Freddie Galvis
0: <laughs> so
1: yeah Brandon actually brought up a, great, a pretty good point on on Twitter just to I know where you said we shouldn't debate about it, but, but here we are uh the fact that you know Bradford probably got more pressure f- faster I guess that's what I'm trying to say that's a poor phrasing but basically had less time to throw the ball to Nick Foles and again, BLG, if you turn on the tape, I, 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 I would, I would say that's true, you know. So I, again, what, what do you get out of, of, of all that nonsense?
3: Uh, I, I think when you look at Bradford, just like I hate to do this because I, I don't like just the eye test, because I think you know that can be deceiving at times. But but Nick Foles just does not pass the eye test for me. You know, I, I watch him. And I can't point to anything and say, "Wow, this guy is really talented at this." I think the only things I can give him credit for are being really tough. You know, when he can he can take a hit. You know, we all saw that last year, Washington game especially. Never question his toughness or anything like that. But I just don't see any real tangible skills there. Uh, you know, you look at Bradford. I mean, it's just it's night and day. You know, I watched him in practice. I watched Bradford in the spring, and mind you, Bradford wasn't even a hundred percent. This is Bradford who isn't even able to uh, wasn't at the time, at least able to participate in 11 on 11 and a guy who was kind of didn't look hundred percent with the footwork there yet. Cause he's still recovering and just night and day talent wise from Nick Foles. I mean, this is a guy who gets rid of the ball quick. He throws it hard. You know, that ball gets that ball zips right in there. He throws back shoulder passes, like just he launches them. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy comparing him to Nick Foles. I just do not like you look at the stats and you you have these guys who are like, oh, you know, Nick Foles interception rate and all this stuff, and twenty seven two and Pro Bowl MVP and all this stuff. Like, just turn on the tape. It does not. There's no comparison. Like, Bradford has more talent. It's it's not a question to me. Foles is gone. Like, and it's great. But you know,
4: even if you <laughs> think it's great, it's still true. It's how it, dare so, you? Yeah, I know. I know some respect. Uh, but I I I just he's gone. and He's not coming back. Yeah. So. Please
1: and, and yeah, and it's not even that. It's just the kind and I saw it with uh, with you know Shields Mailbag today. Somebody had asked that, and is it? Uh, I, it still befuddles me. It just befuddles me that they would. What befuddles you about the about the trade? Now you you were allowed to be befuddled about it, like when everything was going down. Everybody thought we were gonna get Marcus Mariota, me included. Uh, and it was you know you could say like, oh, it was a piece and all this other stuff, and then you finally like once the dust settles, you you just he's not is not good that's that's the end of the question that's it, it whether, whether you're not he's going to stay healthy whether you're not he's going to succeed in this offense etc cetera, et cetera there's more talent and and brandon pointed that out that's the end of the story there so what and and i ben this is the other thing too is just people don't understand the argument still continues that this was such a huge risk and when you look at everything it is not a risk at all you you have draft picks in there in case he breaks his knee before he even takes a snap. Even if he plays half a snap, there's still a picks coming back here. So it help me out here. What 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 is it that I'm missing with people's just, you know, stomach viruses and all that stuff when it comes to this?
0: I'm I'm all for metric analysis with players and looking at stats and looking at, you know, pressure statistics and how how people do in those situations, but I think people need to get the perspective on where Bradford is coming from versus what Nick Foles was dealing with and how much different the pressure was with Bradford than what you had with Foles. I mean, Foles, yeah, he was under pressure, but you also had Jordan Matthews or Jeremy Macklin streaking wide open down the field. And then with Sam Bradford, he was under pressure on a constant basis, and he had Greg Salas who couldn't separate from shit while he was in <laughs> St. Louis. I mean, there's no there, like there's no one to throw to, I mean, and there's no one to pass block for him. Nick Foles had one of the best offensive lines in the league. He had one of the best, uh, he has the best offensive mind in the league coordinating his offense. Uh, He had a great running game, or at least a competent running game in Philadelphia. He had good receivers all around him. Bradford had nothing while his entire career in St. Louis. So all of his numbers are going to suffer because of that. And it's just ridiculous that people want to put them in any kind of the same scope. Now, if people want to look at the risk as in, oh, well, you know there's the injury concern. Okay, that's fine. Like I totally get that. And I'm kind of in that boat too. But if you're looking at a talent to talent thing, it's it's complete night and day. Bradford is more athletic, he has a bigger arm, he's much more intelligent, he has better mechanics, and it's just like everything that Bradford does, he does better than Nick Foles besides his knees. And it but we're not looking at that. We're just looking at the talent thing and people who want to put them in the similar scope on a statistic level are completely ignoring everything around both players. Yeah,
1: well, it, I, I don't see the risk anymore. You know what I mean? You can argue. I, I think you can argue with a lot of other different things on the roster. There is no risk here. Right. I don't know about that. There's no, no risk. No, no,
0: look, look. No, look I'm hold on, here's hold a, on, hold
1: oh. on. Let me explain it <laughs> and then and everybody can jump in. If Bradford breaks his knee before he takes a snap, you're going to get a new fresh quarterback in the draft. More than likely. More than likely. You're still gonna win you might win eight or nine games with Sanchez, but at that point it's just like, okay, fuck face. Now let's go get the guy, right? I mean, everybody will, everybody have that. See, I told you this didn't work, now let's go get the guy. That's option one.
3: No, I see what you're saying there. I think the the worst case scenario is not that for people, though. I think it's something where like Bradford manages to stay healthy for like, you know, maybe like nine games. Cause at that point, like then they get nothing. They're yeah. not gonna get the pick back, and then he gets hurt, and then he's out, and then it's like his contract is up. And if he plays kind of like like above average, but like not like super awesome, it's like, what do you do? You have to do you extend him? like it's just it's really not like an ideal situation just because of the contract perspective. Well, and
0: I think the the lack of risk in the situation comes from the fact that if Nick Foles was still here, which he's not, um, he'd be gone after the season. Like there'd be no way in hell that he, he would get extended unless all of a sudden all of his problems just kind of magically went away. So both him and Bradford are kind of one-year-type situations. I mean, basically, like, you see how they play, but Bradford is a much higher ceiling where we just kind of know what Nick Foles is. Yeah, yeah. Bradford could get hurt and kind of screw everything up, but Bradford could also stay healthy for, you know, 13 games and be really good in this offense, which I think he can be really, really good in this offense. Um, And I... There's risks in everything, and in football, I mean, there's always risk in everything. But there, Chip Kelly decided to go with the risk that had a much higher ceiling than like let's see Nick Foles backpedal for three years and then like win ten games like and miss the playoffs. It's like there's no point in that.
1: You know what? That's that's I'm just remember now. That's actually what killed me. That's why I got upset of that whole ESP thing when he tweeted that out and when he's like backpedal spelled incorrectly as a hashtag. And 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 like Sam Bradford does not backpedal at all. You can you can I, I'm fine with the pressure stats and all that other stuff. Th- that's fine. Don't tell me he backpedals. That's that's what I'm saying. You cannot look at the, it, look at the tape and just go, oh yep, backpedaler. It, it's it's the, the, I don't know how you drew that conclusion there. But we, I, I tell you what, there there seems to be a lot of tension, right? There, there's a lot of tension in July. He, uh, Jimmy Kensky had uh, was was doing a great job today, just letting out all this cowboy you know frustration. And I'm sure that there's. A, a, a lot of things going around. We argue about this stuff to the to the very bitter end here. But I, I, I tell you what, guys, I got an idea. Let's just let's just let it all out. Let's let this let let this be the week that we can just fucking roll with it. So I, I tell you what, let's cue up the music here. Oh, that's beautiful. That's perfect. That's perfect. So let's let's just let it all out here. BLG, give me everything that you're hating. In the NFL, doesn't matter if it's this week, all, all time, just let it go. Let's go. Rapid fire.
3: Hit me. Since so we're talking about Des Bryant. and Des Bryant has been in the news and all offseason and forevermore. We will always be talking about the catch and did he catch it or did he not? I'll give Des Bryant that catch. I'll say he caught it, but there was still a couple minutes in that game and Aaron Rodgers was shredding that defense. There's no way, there's no way that the Cowboys scored that touchdown and they win the game and they stop Aaron Rodgers. I don't see it. They lose that game anyway. So even if Dez makes that catch, I'm sorry, Cowboys fans, you still lose.
4: Richard Sherman, buddy, I know you went to Stanford. You studied marketing. Get the fuck out of (laughs) here. You want to talk to me like you're some elder scholar of the NFL because you got one-third of a master's degree in marketing from Stanford because you were too shitty to leave early? I don't care. Get the fuck out of here. I'm tired of hearing about how you're literally a doctor and about how you are literally. I mean, you, you, buddy, you stayed in a Holiday Inn last night. That's who you are. You have a dad. Just shut the fuck up.
0: I am sick of you, Peyton Manning. I hate your fucking Papa John's pizza. And I hate the fact that you are the dad of the NFL. And yet every single year you shit the bed in the playoffs and somehow it's not your fault. And, hey, Gus Bradley, I don't give a shit if you're building a winning culture in Jacksonville. You've won seven (laughs) games in two years, and you spent a first-round pick on Blake fucking Bortle.
1: Yeah, fuck you, Dan Quinn. Speaking of that, you fucking goddamn Gus Bradley look like. I'm sick of you fucking getting pressed. I don't give a shit. I don't care. Your team is going to suck this year, and it's going to be because of you.
3: We have to go back to Steve Weatherford. When he was trashing the Eagles earlier this offseason on the radio, What is it with Giants fans trash-talking the Eagles, or Giants players even, trash-talking the Eagles? I mean, last year, you have all this trash talk leading up to that game. They get shut out. Uh, Then they get beat by Mark Sanchez in the finale, in the meaningless finale. And they have the nerve to talk about this. Look at this. The Eagles are what? They're 3-1 against the Giants During the Chip Kelly era, the only game the Giants won was that 15 to 7 game where an injured Michael Vick started. He couldn't even walk. The guy wasn't even ready to play. They had to put Matt Barkley in and somehow they still only won by eight points like just the Giants. All right. Super Bowls and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During the Chip Kelly era, they've been outscored 104 to 62. The Giants don't have any right to talk trash about Chip Kelly.
4: Tom Coughlin, buddy, what color are you? What is going on? Like, I feel like if I went to a paint store and I brought a swatch of your skin and held it up to the person, they'd be like, I've never seen this color before in my life. It is unbelievable <laughs> how you just managed to turn this sort of mottled shade of purple, like the world's most disgusting dessert, and you got to retire.
0: D'Angelo Hall, I hate you. I don't know why you talk or why people talk about you. You're literally awful.
3: Uh, Cowboys offensive line. Not only the best in the NFL, according to Cowboys fans, best in NFL history. This is an offensive line that gave up a sack on over 7% of their pass plays. That ranks 21st in the NFL. Again, this isn't just the best offensive line in the NFL. It's the best offensive line in NFL history. Antro roll. Dude,
4: I know you're gone. God bless it. It was like nails in a chalkboard when people had their... There are big safety boners going for you because my god, you are terrible and what's more, you got the fullest diaper I've ever seen and there's cause there's a ratio here, like diaper to, to talent and like you are off the charts man, you are a shitty player and you cannot shut up and you cannot stop complaining.
0: Greg Hardy, you are literally the worst person in the world and the only people who are worse are those who defend you, fuck you
4: Yeah,
1: fuck you Carrie Williams, you piece of shit, you can't even fucking you did nothing here but complain bitch and moan and now you're gonna go into Seattle and everybody fucking loves you over there. Fuck you, you piece of shit. Fuck Dallas. Fuck New York. Fuck Washington. I fucking hate July. Let's get some football going. Rolando McLean fucking sucks. Oh man. Ah, uh, okay, how we feel? Do we need some lemonade? <laughs> Iced tea? We all good now? Woo! Okay. Well, we hope uh you know what? If you're still in the July hate, the good thing you can do right now is just let it all out. Let it all out with us. We need football here, dammit. 267-245-6066. Uh, the best caller will figure out a prize. Uh, just give me, give us all your July hate, all the arguments you're sick of. Just let it all out you Can let it go. Smoke a J. Whatever you need to do. Let's. <laughs> Not that I, it's weird. I use that phrase and I definitely don't do that. <clears throat> So like I said, uh 267-245-6066. Leave uh leave as long or as short. well don't leave a don't leave a 5 minute message. We've had people leave like 5 and 7 minute messages. We can't we can't put those on the air. But if it's about like, you know, 30 to 45 seconds, maybe maybe a minute if it's really good, uh then then we can do that. So come check that out. But uh let's switch gears before we wrap everything up. We're just going to have a little fun. It's our first one of the season and uh, even though it's uh, the preseason, it still counts. It's time to ring the bell.
2: Hit me. It's time to ring the bell. And play some bets.
4: Hey, I don't want your money punching my money.
2: Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money money. So
1: what we're doing uh, is just picking uh, a couple of teams that we like for the over-under win total uh, for the year. And we're going to start with our our good friend, Mr. BLG. BLG, what do you got uh, for us?
3: Dallas Cowboys, nine and a half. Ah. I am taking the under. Yes!
1: Whoa, under on nine and a half.
3: Why? Because look at this. I mean, the Cowboys were a legitimately good team last year. They had a formula that worked for them. They had the best running attack in the league. Uh, Strong offensive line when it came to run blocking, obviously. They added some talent this year up front, I know. They added some defensive talent, I know. But it all came down to that run game. Everything, all the success they had was because of not just DeMarco Murray, but just the run game as a whole. It opened up, uh, it it took a lot of pressure off Tony Romo and injured Tony Romo, Uh, required him to throw less. It kept the defense off the field, which is obviously uh, it was a substandard defense last year. You can't just lose DeMarco Murray, who is a talented player, and plug in Joseph Randall, who, all right, maybe he had some success last year in a very small sample size, <laughs> and expect to be just a juggernaut team again. I'm not buying it. I think you have to have talent back there at running back, and I'm taking the under.
1: Brandon, he carried it two hundred and seventy-four times in college. He can carry a load. Nah. Uh, uh. Yes. Well. Uh, yeah. If it was eight and a half, I'd probably ring the bell on you. But I'm. I'm.
4: I don't. Yeah. I don't think they win ten games this year. Matt, where are we going next? Uh, we're gonna go on up nine ninety-five, and then we're gonna sit in a toll lane for three and a half hours <laughs> to the New York Football Giants. Hey now. Uh. Eight and a half. They're at. Yes. Give me a break. What are you talking about? Which team are you watching? This is not an a, like a nine or more win team. This is, uh, I will take the under on this, and I will take it in a big way. I mean, they could they could win six games next year, and I'd be like, yep. And they keep Tom Coughlin like he really needs to shape up this year.
2: So, Ring
1: the bell. I think they win nine games this year. So I, I'm going to tell you. I think they're ah. going to win nine games this year uh, just based on the Except for their first two awful draft picks, which are not going to help at all, and that's going to be very enjoyable. I, I I still think somehow they that they that they win nine games, but nothing more nothing more than that. So I'll I'll go against you on that. Ben, uh, where are we going next?
0: Buffalo Bills.
1: Random. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, give it to me. Buffalo Bills.
0: Eight and a half. I'm going to take the under because their coach sucks and they have no quarterback and they're in a hard division.
1: That's that pretty much no arguments. I think from the panel here. We're gonna wave, uh, going down I ninety five to Lucille Ball, and uh, we're just gonna keep on going down in uh, in DC, which uh, this team isn't actually in DC; it's outside of it. (laughs) We're gonna we're gonna hang out in Washington, and they are at six and a half for the year, six and a half. And boys, I'm also going to take the over on six and a half for the Washington football team. I think they drafted well enough to win seven um and I don't, I don't ring the bell Stickers. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh i think after you're done i'll wait till you're done
1: oh no no go ahead i i i, okay. I, I just think they've, they've drafted well enough and i, I was just going to say i can't determine out of washington or new york who is going to be the the person that wins you know that that seventh or eighth game or ninth game
3: or whatever i think you make some fair points there but RG3 was just so, so, so bad at quarterback. I just, I really just can't buy them being a good team was how awful he's looked. It's just, it's beyond me. And and I'm obviously not a big believer in Jay Gruden as well. I just, I, I really don't buy them getting, they might win six games. I think they could maybe top out at six games. I just don't see them getting to seven.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm. Well, if that, I mean, if that happens too, then you know, Gruden's probably fired. You know, it's it's. I don't think you can be like, hey, uh, we have we spent all these. I mean, irrationally, they'll be like, we spent all this money and we drafted really well, and you only got us to six games. That's only a two a two win improvement. So, I don't know. Something's got to break there, but it'll be it'll be pretty interesting. And BLG will stay right with you as we'll we'll close things out uh, for uh, for this episode one hundred one right here on BJN Radio. Final thoughts, buddy.
3: Going back to earlier what we said about Sam Bradford and Risk, one more thing I wanted to say. I think another concern isn't about he's just gonna get injured and he's gonna you know he's gonna get hurt and they're gonna have to move on or whatever. I think it's a I think he can be good. I don't think that's the question as much as it is how good can he be? Can they be contenders with him? I don't know. We'll see.
0: Going off of what Matt earlier said earlier in the show, I am really not looking forward to like every time that Jason Pierre Paul gets on anything it'll be like and can you believe it he's only done it with nine fingers it's going to be every (laughs) single time and i'm not looking forward to that and that's all i've been thinking about for the past 40 minutes
4: wither eric Rowe. where is this guy how come i haven't heard about him you know uh it seems like um he was a relatively high draft pick that came in and you know there's not a ton going on at that position and you know just have not heard a lot about him doesn't seem like he's really pushing for time in the slot uh, you know, if Boykin goes on, it sounds like they have their eye on Jacory Shepard for the slot. Um, just where are you, man? You thought you were? Uh, I expected the uh, next star. Yeah, I expected a little more. Yeah, it's
1: um, it's, I'm a I've been a little bit curious about that too, and like all this, all this buzz about Nolan Carroll. I don't know. Doesn't make doesn't make me too, too excited. But uh, that's why we need to get to training camp and and being able to hear and see in some of these things here. But uh, final thoughts for me is. Thank you as always uh, for listening uh just outside of this if you need uh, need some other things have uh, started to do podcasts with uh, Sean brace over at the phillyinfluencer.com. you can go check that out for a little more four for four uh type of things as he's gonna join us this season during uh doing our live broadcast and all that good stuff and I'll throw a little bit throw a little bit of a teaser come come next week there might be some pretty freaking awesome news. Just just, just get ready for that soon, and uh, it actually will mean something this time. Uh, so uh, for everybody here, for Brandon Lee Gown, for Mr. Ben Natan, and of course, Matt Daring, I am John Barchard. Thank you so much for listening to BGN Radio, right here, bleedinggreennation.com and libertybroadcast.co.
3: Sam Bradford. It's a sex thing. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thank
2: You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.